Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Beers. Yes, we are here to help you get through Lockdown 09. Um, the rest of Australia, the rest of Australia, no, dearie me, where am I going? The rest of New Zealand um, <laughs> appreciates the effort that's going on up there in Auckland, uh, listening to the rules and uh, trying to come out of lockdown as soon as possible. But uh, we were lucky in the rest of the country. We got some rugby this weekend and uh, joining me to have a chat about that and all other things. It's Boa Hayding, sir. Very well, Kiro Kitafano, everyone. I hope everyone is enjoying their week. What a week of work. And not bad for someone who calls the draw. I hope, I hope each and every one of you who've been following my tips took the draw. You'll be laughing all the way to the bank. So congratulations to all those who did. Let me start on that note. And I'm fine. Thank you, Paul. I hope you're well as well, my man. Yeah, all good. You sounds awful. I don't know what's happened. Can you just check which microphone you're using uh, on the um, by looking at... Uh, uh, and that sort of things. Also, we've got uh, Stephen Hayding, sir. Very good. Thank you, Paul. I must admit I'm in a more chippier mood than uh, than normal. I'm My bank balance on my TAB account, thanks to the Oracle who turned up on today's uh, show, helped me pretty much make up my mind. I went for a, uh, a nice little bit this afternoon, which we'll probably get into at some stage during the show. Well, absolutely. 30 seconds until I can uh, open my beer and it's five o'clock. So um, I can see you boys have already started, but that's fine. Um, just um, the uh, so. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, no, he hasn't started. Oh, well done. Well done, Stephen. He's waiting. He, he knows the drill. Boa is a cheat. 20 seconds, though, until we're allowed to open our beer um, and, uh, and, and or pour our beer. It tastes like victory. What can I say? <laughs> I know what victory tastes like. <laughs> the, um, so... We, uh, yeah, so we will be uh, so cracking that open in five seconds, four, three, two, one. And there we go. I'm on the uh, Waikato. We obviously know that Boa will be on um, the uh, old line red. Uh, and Stephen is... And he, uh, Amstel, Amstel, gee, Stephen, how dare you? You've, got over, you've gone foreign. We're supposed to be sporting local. I was about it is. to say it was very, uh, you know, our drinks are very representative 
of uh, the provincial situation where we're in, you know, very, very much a, a South Auckland thing, right in the heart of South Auckland. Uh, yeah, and- Paul enjoy his uh, Waikato, and I was about to say, is that a Jim Beam? And then, no, it's an Amsterdam. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, Paul, it is local from up the up the local liquor store up the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. So, yes, this weekend, um, with uh, obviously we had the Rugby Championship, Bunnings NPC, Farrah Palmer Cup, and also the Vancouver Sevens. Um, so the uh, HSBC World Series is back up and running, uh, obviously interrupted um, by COVID, uh, and then that it was uh, that, that so yeah it was it was shut down. Uh, for those of you who have been catching some of it on Sky, which I must admit I haven't done, um, you probably noticed there's a few teams missing from there, such as New Zealand and Fiji, um, and that's because uh, yeah they've decided not to travel due to all the uh, quarantining they'll have to do and all the quarantine they had to do. Um, for the Olympics, so uh, they uh, they uh, informed World Rugby they wouldn't be travelling to these uh, two stops in Canada. First one in Vancouver, the next one the following weekend in um, Edmonton. Um, so, um, but but look, it's good to get the series back up and running uh, because obviously after a year off, basically. Uh, uh, but so these results won't count towards the overall standings. But um, good to see sevens back in action, boys. Yeah, certainly I did catch a, a little bit in between today's NPC games. Uh, I think I was watching South Africa play Spain. And look, it was, you know, it was entertaining enough, but it, it feels a little hollow. It reminds me of uh, some of these uh, plastic boxing matches for titles sort of thing, you know, where they call it a World Series, but you're missing all the heavyweights. I mean, any seventh, uh, any seventh series without Fiji and uh, without New Zealand, to, to a lesser extent, is, is not really... Uh, a proper series, but uh, rightly so. Any sort of rugby is good, and it just gives these other fringe teams an opportunity to have a bit of a run around. Um, and end of the day, you know, World Rugby and the organiza- organizers of the event, they you know they need to get the show on the road, uh, and they just got to play with who they have. So long as it does not count towards the points, I haven't got a problem with it. So it's good to see some rugby on the road. I hey, call it the blitz box. A, a fringe team is a bit harsh, but there we go. Um, the um, some of the other ones I agree though. Yes, I mean. Um, Mexico and uh, uh, Jamaica don't make many, and, and Chile don't make many of the seven stops. But um, yeah, good to get it back up and running. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, Paul. Something that just caught my my eye was Great Great Britain fielding a team, which I I thought that they only field a team for the um, for the uh, Olympic Games. So I was just a little confused with that. We obviously saw Ireland there, but obviously Ireland not really considered part of the the UK, but. Um, a lot of other teams like Scotland, England, not there. Can you enlighten me on that? Uh, not really. Uh, I do know that uh, due to COVID, Wales, I think, has canned its sevens uh, programme. Uh, and so that basically means that their players don't have much, don't have a, an opportunity. So perhaps uh, they have, uh, that uh, perhaps Wales and Scotland have just said, look, forget it. Uh, we're not going to do sevens. It's too expensive. Uh, and of allowed the GB thing to happen. We'll see. Uh, I, I, well, I need to look into it more, but I don't know. Bowen, have you heard? Uh, no, that's exactly what's happened. It's just no okay. money and all the players, part of the program. Uh, Post-Olympics, they've been released and they've gone on to the clubs in the Gallagher Premiership uh, bringing Europe. And also for me, the highlight actually is uh, the Fijian little visit, Vaisal um, Serevi, taking up a, a coaching role with Jamaica. And uh, it was always nice to see uh, Serevi running around, you know, a great character, very animated, 
So uh, he's got his international coaching gig on the road, albeit with Jamaica. But who knows? You know, give them a, give them a bit of time, and they've got they've certainly got the sprinters uh, in in the country. They've got uh, uh, they, they, they've got no shortage of speed. And given that Sarevi can hopefully transition into a good coach, we, we might see a, a what was that movie? The Jamaican bobsled team uh, going to the Winter <laughs> Olympics. You might might see a similar story. Well, I mean, um, Sarevi's been running a sevens academy uh, in uh, Seattle uh, for, for for many years now. So yeah, he's been. It's not. This it's, is. If anyone thinks he's just come out of retirement and just suddenly stepped into coaching, no, he's been involved in coaching uh, ever since he stepped out of the um, the sevens uh, playing uh, and has been. Um, I say has been up in Seattle, uh, working away up there with the, with the team. So, yeah, um, interesting one on uh, that one. Um, let's uh, move on from the sevens then, uh, and uh, I mean. Simon Hughes um, touches on, let's be honest, the biggest news of the day uh, that um, he doesn't believe that Golden Point uh, should stand in the uh, Ranfurly Shield and the MPC. Wow. I'm not sure about the MPC piece, but um, uh, clearly uh, it's experimental laws they're trying out. Uh, this will be a big uh, American push because Americans don't like draws. Me, I've got no problem with draws. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Golden Point, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, draws don't happen that often. So to me, it's no big deal. But uh, so it's again, this appears to be something that uh, World Rugby or New Zealand Rugby trying to fix one of the things that isn't broken or isn't important compared to fixing the important things. But that's just my opinion on that one. Boys, your thoughts? Well, clearly we love draws. We love draws. <laughs> what can I say? And it's, 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 it's always a good, uh, uh, you know, it's always a good outcome, particularly after... Uh, a fracture in the seasons. What, what I mean uh, is, you know, particularly with COVID and what I've seen over the past years is once you've had a bit of a layoff and teams come up. And if we, uh, if you recall, everyone, um, last time Paul and I had a chat over beers, uh, looking at the form line, I couldn't split these two teams. And one of the key factors for me with Hawks Bay is Peter Russell. I think he's a, he's a great tactician, a great coach. Um, and, you know, upon resumption, you, you know, you're going to see mistakes, you're going to see errors, and two sides who want to run the ball, and we saw a number of intercepts as well. Uh, but with the draw, yeah, look, I think Golden Point just gives an added dimension, and it's just more uh, a spectator-friendly sort of thing, particularly from a TV audience. But uh, there'll be uh, plenty of people saying, nah, we don't want the Golden Point, leave it at the draw. Um, you've actually got to win or rest the, the log of wood away after 80 minutes. Uh, but there'll be plenty of arguments for and against it. Stephen? For, I was going to say, Peter Russell is a very, very good coach, but he's actually currently the Turbos coach, but he is ex-Hawks Bay. And I will say I got that, that wrong. I, I, will, I will basically say that he, when he was, I, you know, I, I think that you can almost track it back to him with part of Hawks Bay's reconnaissance when he originally had that Hawks Bay side. And obviously he headed over overseas. I think he might have been with the Newcastle Falcons. I think they call call themselves, went overseas for a couple of years, came came back again. It, it has some issues, which we, we won't get into, but yeah, he's he's doing some good things with the turbos at the moment. But I but I getting back to it, the way Hawks Bay played, boy, I I thought after the early loss of uh, of Flanders He's he's a very very good footballer, but 
well, they just they just hung in there, and um, and of course to the point where I looked at those teams at the at the uh, beginning of the game and I couldn't split them, and of course I had to come to you to get some advice, and uh, of course the TAB um, were paying around about 17, 17 or eighteen close to eighteen dollars, and I thought well it's a nice little five dollar sneaky sort of bet, so I put it all out there a little bit like Paul when he puts it out there with his one dollar bets, um, and uh, yeah got to got to return it at the end of the day, but a bit like the players and the officials, I was also running to the TAB rule book at the end of the game as well just to see if they actually in fact do pay up at the end of extra time or the end of the 80 minutes. But fortunately for me, uh, they pay out on the uh, the 80 minutes. Well mm. You're very welcome, everyone, and Mr. Stephen House. <laughs> Whereas I, I was doing some live betting this when I put $1 on uh, both um, uh, on both Hawks Bay and um, uh, the uh, Bay of Plenty to win this game. Uh, but I got them both at over $2, which meant that basically I couldn't lose. Uh, but I only put a dollar on. So I had, th I had 35 cents in the end. So I put $2 on, got $2.35 back. There we go. Not a bad, it's a 17.5% return. That's, a, that, that's if, you, if you get that interest rate at the bank, you would do, wouldn't you? And it was a no loser. So why not? Um, anyway, looking at. You keep telling yourself that, Paul. <laughs> Jeez. Um, the um, anyway, um, looking at the game. So yeah, twenty-seven nineteen at half time. I mean, it was they, they, uh, both sides were, were, were scoring uh, at quite easily, or well, not quite easily. Or, or were, yeah, were pulling together good moves in that first half, um, getting points on the board. Um, but uh, one of the things that the commentators, well, apart from not knowing the laws of the game, which is a sec the second game this weekend where that's happened, um, that uh, was. Um, was also that they just didn't. I don't know if they weren't there. I, maybe they were commentating remotely um, because they didn't seem to get an indication of the wind. Whereas Stephen, you said your brother was there um, or brother-in-law was there, uh, and um, that uh, yeah, you could quite clearly tell that Hawks Bay couldn't exit in that second half because it was a bit of a it was quite a stiff breeze. Oh. And I was wondering how many points is this wind worth? Well, mm. apparently um, eight exactly <laughs> is how many it was worth. Yeah, it, it, it was really, really strange because sometimes um, it, that wind actually comes in from the sea, and that's normally, normally the way it goes. So I'm just thinking that's a uh, easter, that's an easterly wind, normally that goes over McLean Park. And I thought maybe in the second half, you'd, you'd probably see the likes of um, Oteri Black enter the fray, and basically he would just manage the game. But it just really, it really didn't happen for uh, for Bay of Plenty. It, if you sort of look at their roster, and they've built quite a good roster over the off-season, um, you'd have to say, on the day, if we're really honest, despite it being a draw after 80 minutes, I think Hawks Bay were just a better team up front. And Aaron mentioned, yeah, Smithy, Smithy mentioned the way he did, but it was very late in the piece by the time. And it was pretty obvious to all the, all the spectators that there was a wind. Uh, but it's the kind of thing you expect them to know by because they're actually at the ground. But um, I don't know, he just didn't seem to, they didn't seem to mention it early enough. It was like the second half, I suppose, mentioned it. Mm. Yeah, quite right. Even uh, because, look, particularly after a bit of a break and a resumption, and with return to play, play protocols, I mean, I've got a better idea of what these teams are doing in preparation. You know, you've got to play territory and you have to make advantage of your kicking out of your hand. So for me, it's very surprising. And you quite rightly pointed out, you have to feel disappointed for uh, their planning because given their roster and clearly superiority on paper, they just 
didn't do it up front well enough. And Hawksbury, they, whenever they had the ball, they looked like they wanted to actually get positive meters by just carrying, you know, low and hard, good body position. So I think Bay of Plenty only have themselves to blame. Um, and, you know, it all summed up right at the end. If you, uh, I think it was, uh, was it, was it Dale Gibson up, up, uh, up in the box sitting, sitting, you know, stone cold motionless. And that's, that's pretty much, pretty much what the Bay looked at most times because they, they, they put a few phases together, but every time something promising came up, they just coughed it up. So. Yep, yep. They shot themselves in the foot pretty yeah, much. And they, they absolutely right. They did not use that wind, which very surprising. And and no energy whatsoever coming from that pack as well, Paul. If you saw the early energy, it was coming. You know, you saw a lot of the two front row, front rowers, Namatahiwa, especially really strong on the carry. Then you saw uh, Podidaka to Stones coming come to his own. Ash Dixon was showing up. And, you know, you, you all of a sudden saw individuals, Mick Ely too, who seemed like he was um, he must have had some sort of oil on him because they couldn't put a shot on him during the day. He was breaking ta- tackles at will. And I think really and tru- truthfully, that was the winning of the game. And the disappointing thing for Bay of Plenty, if you look at some of the X factor that they actually had out wide, um, really, really, they they just didn't get those guys... They just didn't get those guys into the game, and you know they got they pretty much got burnt for it. Yeah, they, I think uh, I mean what's at least three of their tries were set piece um, or or off lineouts. Uh, a couple of them set piece. Well, I'm not sure whether the uh, the one where the winger I've gone blank to his name now um, uh, burst through the line whether that was set piece or, or called or not. But I think it pretty much was. Uh, so yes, it did appear to be yeah um, uh, set piece or, or, or training ground moves. Uh, that were finishing the deal for for Bay of Plenty in that one, um, whereas uh, yeah, Hawks Bay perhaps a bit more, uh, bit, bit, bit more rugby um, around it. But uh, I mean, what they they trying to remember what their tries went out. We we had to line up more than a few other things uh, in there. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, disappointing for for Bay of Plenty. Disappointing for me, uh, not so much as a Bay of Plenty fan, but more the fact that I'll be probably at the Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki next Sunday, um, which would which would have been a shield defence. It's great. It's always fun. Uh, covering a shield defence, so uh, yeah, shame I can't shame that what the shield won't be there to uh, to greet me uh, in um, in Tarawa. I was going to say, Paul, really strong bench, bench as well. Bay of Plenty. You look through, you look through some of the names in that Bay of Plenty lineup: Aiden Ross, Thwaites, Vella, Selby, Rickett, Scott Young, Fitu Douglas, Carpick. Man, that's a lot of Super Rugby quality in in that pack, and they were just far too quiet. You know, you throw out all those names, and there's really nobody. That stands out. Even Sean Wainui, we know he's a very good performer, New Zealand Māori player at, at centre. You know, Sean probably scored a try, but really quite quiet. Really, their real main street weapon. You're, you're dead right. You know, Ratave out on the wing every time he got the ball in, in, in hand, scored a couple of good tries. I thought he was a bit lucky with the try off the line out because I thought he'd already come inside the 10 metres. When he, he, had, actually, he, was the, he was the scrum half. He was, play, he he was, he, he playing. He was the scrum half. Yeah, okay. he was the half back. No, yeah. no worries. Now you're talking about the commentators there, obviously not knowing the rules. A couple of your experts don't know the rules. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just, maybe just me. So you know, I think real. Well, no, again, the commentators got mixed up between that. As to first, one of them was like, "Oh, he's, he's too close. He's going to get in trouble." The other one was like, "No, no, he's the halfback." It's like, um, but uh, but yeah, we had this. I mean, in this game, we had that uh, piece around the not not understanding the laws around uh, the uh, when, when if if you're jumping in. Uh, from outside the field of play, you have to catch the ball. You can't knock it in. 
uh, and then they they didn't understand those those laws, um, and those have been around for a, for for a while now. Uh, during the um, uh, during the Wallabies game um, against uh, against the Springboks, I've gone blank as to what the oh yes um, one of the ref, what, what one of the commentators going oh I, I I thought it was I thought you only couldn't tackle a player in the air if it was off a kick no. The law is you can't tackle a player in the air, whether he's jumping up to catch a pass or jumping up to catch a kick. It doesn't matter. These guys are professional commentators. Knowing the game is part of their, their job. Um, they should know the laws. So, yeah, real, I think a, bit, a, bit, a couple of poor ones there. I mean, Nigel Yeldon put on Twitter that uh, when he was commentating on a Shield game last year, he checked beforehand what the situation would be around Golden Point. And he got told Golden Point did count for the Shield. The, the, the commentators clearly in this game hadn't done their homework um, and were at sea at the end of the game going, not, not really knowing what the situation was. Um, the difference there between a paid commentator and a professional commentator is doing your homework, basically. I don't want to jump, I don't want to jump in again, but, you know, just in Hawke's Bay, if you mention a lot of the names in the pack, you know, you, you had Rakati Stones, Dixon, you had Namatahiwa, who was actually a late replacement for Api Katoa, um, Parsons stood out, Michele too stood out, Funaki who's uh, Sione, but Funaki who's supposedly drawing Moana Pacifica there were a lot of names you could actually mention that came off the field having good players, so I think as a collective I, and I'm sure you'll agree, Bola you've got to give it to Hawks Bay Yeah, you've got to absolutely and for me, the, two, you know, the, the, the biggest disappointment was Ratawa and Sean Wainui just didn't get enough quality ball and weren't put into enough space and that you know the onus is clearly on the forward pack they didn't do the hard yards so you know when you have when you have top class finishers in your ranks uh you know you've got to give these guys as much opportunity quality ball they just didn't get it i mean yes why do we score a try you know after the speculative kick but apart from that a very very quiet game so uh to me not enough grunt up front they just kind of lost their way um through the paces and, and at times it just looked like you know they they were just they were just going through the motions there wasn't really um you know much strategy behind it whereas on the flip side of the coin as you already pointed out hawks bay man everything they did with, with whatever little possession they had oh. particularly in that second half they just did with conviction and and they got the fruits for it so i mean yeah hawks bay were the winners uh and you know they are playing they, they've got some serious soul searching to do but the good news is, you know, this is just uh, the the first week of the resumption, mm. and they, they you know they can they can sort this out fairly quickly. Uh, coming back to a game that, that came down to the last kick of the regular time to make it a draw, um, and then and then another penalty uh, to win it. I think soul searching for Bear Plenty is a little bit over the top there. Uh, uh, look, they, they they came very close. Um, well, I, 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 I yes, but... they, they had eighty nine percent possession in the second half. You know, and and they just they had to go digging to the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, that is a bit of a concern given the roster yes. they have and the, the the quality players. But coming back to what you said, Paul, yeah, look with commentators, you know, professional commentators, they they get paid to do this. They have to do their homework. I remember uh, on on one of my many um, escapades to Alexandra Park to watch the trots. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To have a tech with the great Albie Gaines. Uh, and one thing he always told me, son, whatever I do, I always do my homework. And he showed me this file uh, for a Friday night meeting. And there's all these little notes he'd made on every single runner, uh, the uh, the driver, the history. And while while actually calling the race, he'd actually draw on all of these. And I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. So they're quite right, Paul. These guys get paid to do it. I think there are far too many people who walk themselves into a job and into the com box purely on their reputation. They really need to do their homework. And maybe it's time to start like a, a school of commentary or something like that. Uh, maybe. I mean, look, I mean, Hawks Bay also, I mean, look, they've still got, they were bringing off players like Gareth Evans, Ben O'Connor, um, Ty Falcon. I mean, they were bringing super rugby players off the bench as well. When you consider that, uh, uh, I'm not, from, from memory, I think South, Southland, what, about a year or two ago, and he had one super rugby player in it. So, yeah, no, this is a stacked, a stacked team. You think that this um, uh, the Hawks Bay were able to start with um, uh, Aaron I. Um, so I've got to mis- mispronounce his name. The, the number ten, and Ari. Sorry, um, the number nine. Sorry. Uh, and you think that that they're missing Brad Weber and Fekatoa, and they've got they've still got the third choice Crusaders Super Rugby uh, scrum half on the <laughs> and they're missing a those oh. two. So I mean, look, they, they, these, these are both these are both very good squads uh, with with, Wait. with with the. Wait. Amazing depth for uh, gonna, I was going to say, Paul, we shouldn't forget that the Steamers were, were a semi finalist last night, last week, last year, beg your pardon, not last week, last year, <laughs> last year in the Premiership Division. They, were, they yep. finished in the Premiership Division. They went to market, they bought in uh, Fiti Douglas, Sean Wainui, and Manaki, Manaki Selby Rickett, plus, plus Angus. Um, oh, I just can't think of his uh, second second name. Angus Scott Young um, uh, from the Reds. This is the <clears throat> this is the this is a local derby, and there's a lot at stake because it's the best of the bay. But more on top of it, the Shield Challenge, the Shield Challenge is <clears throat> is a huge. It was a huge opportunity because I'll tell you what, Hawks Bay are a hard team to beat when they've got a crowd. So when they've got a very limited crowd there. I think it's the perfect opportunity to sneak it under the radar. I actually believe they will be doing a little bit of soul searching. You only had to look at the the look on the uh, um, ex referee who's now involved with the coaching coaching staff from uh, Bay of Plenty. Is it not Delaney? Can't yeah, think. Uh, yeah, not, no, not Delaney's not, the ex. Um, yeah. Uh, Fly half, um, but anyway, we we we, we, we we spent far too long on this game, and there's a, a lot yeah. of other rugby on as well. Yeah. And also in the NPC, we had a cracking game on Friday night between uh, Waikato and Canterbury, where Waikato came up just short. Um, check out the post-match interviews; those are on the New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page. Um, there uh, with uh, Ruben Thorne, um, also with um, oh, gone blank. Oh, anyway, both head coaches uh, and Ross Filippo um, as well. Ross Filippo, thank you. Um, 
the the other ones I haven't seen because I was at other games, so I didn't see uh, either Taranaki versus Wellington or uh, I only saw some of Northland versus Tasman. Uh, I mean, uh, Taranaki Wellington 32 26. I think it's been an upset there, but Boa, you picked it. So, um, what did you see out? What, what, why, why do you think that, uh, or what did you see out of Tasman that you thought, sorry, Taranaki that would beat Wellington because, as I say, championship against Premiership there? Uh, yeah, look, Taranaki again, uh, first step, their form lines, if you look at the last four seasons, has, has been tremendous. And Wellington, you know, they, they either turn up or they don't. And looking at this roster and this site, it's it's always up and down. And as I as I as I said, with these return to play protocols, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're in the top flight or not. The the underdog usually has a chance. And what I like about uh, Taranaki is they like to play with, and that's where they busted holes uh, against this Wellington Lions side. And and to be frank, in patches, you know, the the Wellington side look lethargic, and whereas the Taranaki guys, particularly at home, you know, they're pretty hot. Whenever they got the ball, they recycled well, they hung on to it, they didn't make mistakes, and they got the point. So, to me, based on the form line I saw in both these sides, it kind of went quite predictable. Um, I was actually hoping the game would be a lot closer, uh, but if you looked at, I think it was the third quarter, the Lions made something like uh, seven unforced errors, which really compounded things, and uh, they gifted Taranaki basically a, a, a try. So, for me, straightforward, uh, I'm not... I'm not surprised at all. Uh, you have to rate this Taranaki side. They're very good out wide, provided that the forwards do the work up front. You give these backs quality possession, they will continue to upset some of the fancy sides. Yeah, very, well, very good. Well, when you consider that Taranaki got relegated three seasons ago, had a four and six record in the last two seasons, they haven't been great, to be honest, over the last few years. This year, three wins from three games, they're doing really, really well with a new new head coach um, with Barnes from uh, who used to be the, part of the Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I, th I think he's turned it around for them. Uh, they had a young coach there before who I don't think was experienced enough, but there we go. Um, yeah, big, sorry, I was going to say, big thing Big thing was the Taranaki line-out. It was absolutely superb. They might have even gone 100% throughout the game. So set-piece scrum, where I thought they just had a bit of an edge, line-out was very good, and they just played the game in the right right corridors. And you could pretty much mention that their whole their whole pack, Josh Lord, you know, just a big, tall man, outstanding line-out source, put a lot of pressure on the on the Wellington line-out. And then they just had enough control in between 9 and 10. Jason Potros is uh, obviously ex Taranaki Sevens player, but boy, he knows how to identify op opportunities. And of course, at the at the back row, Ratamavuki, uh, Nipkins, and also uh, uh, younger brother uh, Tini Naholo was just really outstanding. God, he's some talent out on the wing, and you chuck in Perifeta, and that's where they pretty much did the damage. Where um, Wellington, when they didn't have the ball, unfortunately, their discipline let them down, and that always just kept. Taranaki ahead of the game and unfortunately for somebody like uh, Duplessis Kurifi, you know fantastic at the breakdown, a lot of energy, but boy he gives a share of penalties away. Yeah, unfortunately for um, Kiki Naholo I mean, he's, he's been in a moon boot for the past three years pretty much, um, has been with the Chiefs but just got injured and this just hasn't had those opportunities. Petros, a player at NPC uh, level who I thought would have been given an extra, um, uh, say a, 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 an opportunity higher up but hasn't been um, but yeah, always, always uh, Good. Um, Craig is going to step in and give you 20 bucks towards your tickets if the All Blacks win both games to help you with, with, with uh, buy those tickets for John. So that's nice to hear. Um, but folks, um, 
what would be even nicer to hear is uh, folks uh, becoming a supporter of NZ Sport Radio at patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio to help us get around uh, to as many of these games, covering as many of these games as possible. Obviously, Stephen can't cover games at the moment because he's in lockdown in Auckland, but he does get around the games just like I do as well. So help us out um, with, uh, uh, look, as little as a dollar a month over at NZ Sport Radio. Uh, sorry, over at patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. I was the only media at FMG Stadium apart from Sky and uh, Gold AM, the, the, the radio people there, or, or um, uh, I've gone blank as to who they, is it NZME? Anyway, whoever it is. Um, uh, so apart from the sort of the big conglomerates of those of Sky and NZME, we were the only people there. There was no one there from Stuff. There was no one there from um, uh, from the Herald. Uh, so folks, look, help us out here, please. Also, I was the only person at um, down in Mount Munganui uh, for the Frank Palmer Cup game, apart from Sky. Uh, so look, um, we're the only people covering the NPC and the Farrah Palmer Cup, basically, in this country. So please do um, get on board um, and help us out. Um, then we had uh, the... Um, oh, jeez, I've just got it. Uh, the other um, NPC game uh, this weekend was uh, Northland losing to Tasman 28-48. Look, a better performance from... Um, from Northland, but still, I guess, what we were kind of expecting. I'm not sure as much to say about that game, really, guys, Yeah. Um, on that one. I was going to say, they've got an injury list as long as my arm, and it's got even <clears throat> longer, up to 14 defections um, at the moment that are going to be unavailable for the minimum two turbos, including Rob Rush, who basically left the field. And, gee whiz, he, it was from a neck roll. I was really disappointed the official didn't look at that because it was the neck roll that actually caused him, caused the uh, the ankle injury. So disappointing for Rob Rush. And, of course, the best player yesterday was their skipper, Jordan Olsen, who was probably his most outstanding game in the Cambridge Blue Colours, but he's going to be away on uh, maternity next week, expecting a uh, second child. Listen, it was a good, good effort. Paternity. After, Paternity. Good effort. Good, yeah, good, good effort after what we've seen. Um after the uh, after the first two um, first two games, um, but at the end of the day, basically Tasman just had too much firepower off, off the bench, and that's what it really came down to at the end of the day, and probably went away with the game comfortably. Yeah, I so say not doing as much. I think we, pretty much as we expected. Uh, Tasman get a uh, shoot uh, shoot shield ran for the shield shot next weekend. I think it is against. Um, uh, against Hawks Base, obviously watch that one. Uh, so I got down to Bear Plenty Volcanic, sorry, um, versus um, Otago Spirit. Uh, ended up being a big win for Bay of Plenty, thirty-one to three. Uh, look, um, big uh, big defensive shifts there because Otago really had uh, the, the, the first twenty minutes of the second half of camps in the Bay of Plenty half, but just couldn't get across the line or get any points there. Um, they had their opportunities, but just uh, not clinical enough. Not helped out by a couple of things. One of them being that um, their first choice, um, second uh, first five eight, uh, uh, had, was was saving surgery until after the season. Well, because of COVID, suddenly that surgery ended up being in the middle of the season, and she's uh, wasn't not available for the rest of this. So players missing for that, taking multiple flights to get up here as well hasn't helped out. Um, so, uh, but. Um, uh, but uh, this is the first ever season that we're looking at relegation in the Farrah Palmer Cup. And this basically was a relegation battle. So uh, congratulations to Bay of Plenty on that one. As I say, I was at this game. So head over to the New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page for my post-match interviews with the head coaches and players. And also I got a video of the post-match uh, presentations. So, uh, the you know, um, 
well, I think what's really kind of cool about the Farrah Palmer Cup is that the captains gave each other's, bottle, each other's bottles of wine um, and just the respect uh, that they have for each other after the game and how it is uh, and how they are all, all in it together. Also, uh, we had the Bla a Blazer presentation as well. So head over there and uh, check out those videos. Um, hopefully, I will be... I need to see whether I can actually get to um, Bay of Plenty versus Wellington, which will be next Saturday. Uh, so going to come down to... I've got a girls next weekend, basically. So family issues. Uh, finally, the Rugby Championship then. Um, very briefly, as we've run out of time, boys, but... Uh, Really impressive by the Wallabies to uh, step up two games in the weekend, two 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 weekends in a row, and uh, to uh, to deal it to the box. Oh, very very impressive, and uh, you know, look, they, they really turned it around, and and they deserve to win. The reason I say that, and I'm sure most of you would agree, they look like the only team which actually wanted to play rugby, pass properly, take the ball into contact, create opportunity, and they did plenty of that, and they scored four tries. Uh, as far as the world champions are concerned, you know, they've dropped, they're zero from two now. And this probably is going to be, this, this tour is going to get even uglier and harder for them. Um, so they they have some serious work on their hands and they need a, something short of a miracle to turn things around. But all praise with the Wallabies, and particularly with Tanya Latuku, the ex-Sacred Heart import. <laughs> I have to say that. Fantastic game. Uh, and also really happy for Marika Koroibeti because he's had his fair share of detractors. And boy, as soon as uh, Tupo got that ball, he, he got into the right man and Koroibeti was gone in a flash. Um, and uh, yeah, no, re really happy for the Wallabies fans. And I think this is these are good signs. These, this Wallaby side is going to get competitive. And uh, I think we just need to give these guys a bit of time. Dave Rennie certainly got them playing the right style of rugby. Whether they actually have the skills to uh, go the whole hog, that's a question which will be answered over the next few years. But now, fantastic result. And um, I don't know, a bit of a this world championship springbok myth is starting to unravel in front of our very eyes. Um, look, I, th I think uh, a lot of people are being... Uh, one of the things, one of the problems that, uh, that the springboks have had is that they've had a very emotional uh, series to kick off um, there with, against the Lions, which I think took a lot out of them mentally. They've been in... Um, isolation uh, or, or a hard bubble um, for over 12 weeks now, uh, which the All Blacks haven't had to do, for example. Um, so uh, to me, they just look totally drained uh, emotionally and mentally at the moment. Um, the uh, And it's not up to the team that they can be and that they have been. Remember, they only lost one game last year, which was obviously the opening game of, sorry, in 2019, two years ago now. Um, some people say, "Oh, is it a bit of a is it a bit of a fake there? They're, they're world champion." They're, no, look, they 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 had a very good run uh, in twenty nineteen. One draw, one loss, all the, all the other games they won. Um, so yeah, you know, so they 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 got to number one for a reason. Um, but yeah, clearly they're just they're just not at the races at the moment, unfortunately. Paul, I'm going to check some. I'm going to check something else in there. You know, I think when you, I think when you're playing a style of rugby that's enjoyable. I personally think it refreshes the players. You know, you, you watch the All Blacks, especially in the first half last night, they just look like they were having fun. You know, I, I realise there might be a, a difference in, in opposition, but you know, when, you, when you're trying things, you're trying moves, I think when you're, when you're actually micromanaged in a certain way, I liken it to being at work, having that manager who can basically 
all sit down with you, show you the show you the plan. But listen, I'm going to let you go out and implement that plan in your way, not my my particular way. And it's it's makes life really enjoyable. They often say if you find a, a job that you love, you never work another day. I think is a, is a, is the saying, and that's what I'm seeing with the South African team. So micromanaged. I mean, so I sent on our rugby chat. I sent out a a pick that I pitched picked up and you've got the, a trainer in the end goal area barking out instructions who should not even be on the field during the play but she's standing in the end goal area and she's not giving medical advice she's telling people where to stand through through an earpiece you know it's it, it, there's also yeah that was, I mean, that, that, that was back in the uh the, the lion series and i think we have, it got covered a lot at the time um i do think that um that in in, in certain teams you see you, you know who the emotional and the morale leader is um so you, whereas in the um whilst uh for the wallabies dave rennie is doing a lot around around culture i still think that um hooper is probably the morale and the emotional leader of that team whereas with the uh with the spring box uh it all the videos i've seen where that the razzie's put out about his coaching you see him talking to the players and him leading things and i think he is the emotional leader of that team and he's not in Australia. He's in South Africa. Uh, so he's not there to lead them. Um, Sia Khaleesi, I think, is, a, is yeah, is, is a very good player uh, and, a, and, a, and a, 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 an okay or a decent um, captain. But I'm not sure he is the emotional leader of that team uh, in uh, in that way. And I think that's a big, another big problem for for South Africa on this tour is that their emotional leader isn't there. Um, as well. Also, Paul and Stephen, I have to say, I think there's a bit of a question mark or conditioning as well, because one thing I have to say is, you know, whenever the box play, we have at least nine, maybe ten uh, water and injury breaks. And I, you know, the, the, the trainers actually spent more time and ran on the field. And some of these players looking at the stats, so there's, there's very much that in the mix. And soon as you start lifting the tempo against the box, it all starts unraveling because yesterday their tackle success was less than 80%. So at um, test level, it's it's a big question mark. Yeah, look, the box will, I saw a comment there saying, you know, there'll be twice as much as effort. Yeah, I think the, the box, hopefully they bring it, but the uh, in, on the other hand, what you have to understand is the All Blacks, once they put their top side on the park, doesn't matter even if you bring your A game at the at, against the All Blacks at their best. I think this All Black team have still a lot more to progress and i think we are we are bound to see uh bigger and better things as well so really excited for this uh team and particularly uh the coaching staff and also all the fans who've, who've been on this uh you know bit of a it's been a bit of a, uh, up and down last year to here so and and as steven said you know these these kids they look like they're having fun it was uh, it was it was fun watching these guys so long long may continue and may the best team win next weekend but i'm i'm looking for Forward to it, and I've I've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie before, and uh, I I can't wait. And hopefully the box bring it because if they don't, uh, they better bring a, a good supply of towels because they're they're there for a very very long uh, weekend next week. So up, up on up on screen currently for those of you watching on the video rather than listening to the podcast, I've put um, Dave Rennie's record as a uh, Wallabies um, head coach. So he's played Argentina twice and drawn, drawn twice. Played France twice, one two, lost one, and played South Africa twice and won two. So his his record against non New Zealand teams or not the All Blacks uh, is uh, currently four wins, 
two draws and a loss. So a very good record. Unfortunately, you add in the uh, uh, the results against New Zealand, and he's got one win, one draw, and five losses, uh, which suddenly drags him down to a um, uh, to, to a to a lower win rate. There with five wins, three draws, and four losses. Sorry, six losses. Um, but um, yeah, it just shows that, he's, that uh, I think people have been a lot very harsh on him because of that record against New Zealand, uh, and that his uh, yeah that, that, that he's that he is doing the right thing there. On the um, Onto the All Blacks, though, and as Stephen, as he's just dropped off, unfortunately, said you say he's leading that. Uh, they, they 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 look like they're having fun, um, and I think a few people are starting to have to. Um, now let uh, Stephen come back in now. I uh, Stephen mentioned to say uh, the how are the All Blacks looking like they're having fun. I think a few people are having to um, eat some humble pie around Ian Foster, and I think oh. slowly but uh, he's slowly starting to show people that look, he is a decent coach. He does know what he's doing, um, and uh, that. You, you don't get 39 nil like you did two weeks ago by bad coaching. Uh, that he's yeah that he is he's heading in the right direction, um, and I think he's starting to to, to gain. And it's going to take a long time because he's had such a bad reputation, but slowly gain the respect of uh, the New Zealand oh, public. Oh, listen, I'm 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 probably not the I'm probably not the lone ranger there in in in, in my thinking. There are a lot of people, but I think yeah, it definitely is starting to definitely is starting to come around, and I can and I can just the good thing I am liking. <clears throat> Is that he's actually not afraid to change this team all up? It, well, there was nothing conservative about about it, and I think maybe in the past they <clears throat> they've been far too conservative. I think they've probably <clears throat> on too many occasions made limited <clears throat> excuse me limited changes, but I think in this team they've made a lot a lot of changes. So uh, now listen, they're they're definitely <clears throat> on the right track. I think I said to somebody. Before this uh, championship, I said, "Man, if he go, if they win the championship, unbeaten, that is something. If they go to up to the northern hemisphere and they're unbeaten again, boy, that's some year." Yep, no, absolutely, very, very true. Um, right, folks, I think we'll wrap it up there, uh, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow at five pm with um, lockdown beers and uh, rugby chat as well. Uh, so do join us for that. We'll be here on Tuesday. We'll have the Driving More Show at eight pm as well as the five pm lockdown beers. And obviously Wednesday, uh, we'll have the NRL show as its finals time there as well. So don't forget to um, join us for all of that. And uh, again, please support us, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Thank you, Boa. Thank you, Stephen. Um, all stay well and uh, follow the uh, old lockdown rules, please, folks. Stay safe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyler Tsinas. Kyler Tsinas. I'm Kyler Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.